study of the letters of John near the end of the Bible. You know that. We call them uh, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. And we've been going through 1st John as we've been thinking about how we can be better witnesses for Christ in the world. We're finishing 1st John today and part of this study, and then we're going to be studying 2nd and 3rd John the next two Sundays. And uh, I'm happy that in my absence next week, Tracy Leach is going to be bringing the word from 2nd John. And uh, we'll be up at the Eastern Christian Conference in uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania. You know, we're all witnesses in this world. We are witnesses for Jesus, good or bad. <laughs> we're witnesses. We either make Jesus look good or we make Jesus look bad if the people we know know that we're Christian. When people look at us, what do they think about Jesus? What do they think about his attitudes and actions? Because our attitudes and actions are supposed to reflect his. They're supposed to see him in us. And when that doesn't happen, then we're not being very good witnesses. A key part of chapter 5 of 1 John that I want to look at today is actually in the first five verses. Very simple. Very basic. I'd like you to follow along, please. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God, by carrying out his commands. This is love for God, to obey his commands. And his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Now the word translated overcome here has the same root as the word victory in the Greek language. It refers to gaining the victory in an athletic contest like a foot race. And in John's day they would have foot races much like the foot races we have today. All the runners would line up, you know, at the starting line, and, and they'd take off together. And when one of them ultimately finished before the rest, when he crossed that finish line, he threw his arms up into the air and he yelled, Nikkei! Nikkei! We say Nike. But he said, Nikkei! Nikkei! And he was yelling, Victory! He was saying, I won! I overcame all the obstacles, I beat all the other runners, and I crossed the finish line first! And in referring to such a race, the Apostle Paul said, think about these athletes, how hard they train, how hard they work, what they strive for, and they do it all for what? For a perishable crown, a wreath of leaves that will soon shrivel up and die. But he said, we run for an eternal, imperishable crown, the crown of eternal life. We are victors. We are overcomers. In 1 John, the Apostle John talks in several places about different kinds of victory that we have. Different places where we can overcome as believers in Jesus. But in essence, they're all one victory, aren't they? They are victory over the evil powers that oppose God. They are victory over the powers that try to turn people away from God. And we have been turned back to God and have become overcomers because He is an overcomer. Now John stresses the present reality of our victory. He doesn't write that we might overcome, that we can overcome, or that eventually we will overcome. 
He says we have overcome. We have overcome. We have the victory in our grasp right now. And that distinction is so important because all too often we go around all defeated. All too often we go around unsure of ourselves. Can I do that? Can I say that? Can I act this way? Can I be this for Jesus in this situation? And we may give up before we even begin the fight. But God wants us to know that the victory has already been won. And He has already defeated the devil. And the victory is ours. Now John notes four ways throughout this letter that we have gained the victory through Jesus Christ. He says that in His uh, in our victory through Christ, we have passed from death to life. That's already happened. That we have overcome the world. We're going to talk about that today. He says that we continue to receive life through Jesus every day. Our life is, is, is in Him. And fourthly, that we are kept safe from the evil one. How encouraging is it then to know that we have been given the victory already through Jesus Christ. This week, I was changing the letters on our church sign. And as I was putting up the sermon title, I realized how confusing it might be to passers-by, but I still left it there. I, I don't know if I should have. Do you see the contrast? We are witnesses in the world, but we are to overcome the world. And I thought, people driving by don't know what we're talking about. I say, what, what are they doing at that church? But I left it there, so I hope we don't get too confused. Aren't they both true? We are witnesses in the world. We are witnesses to the world. And yet, John says here, we're supposed to overcome the world. Now, how can you do both things? Well, we are witnesses in the world because what does John 3.16 say? God so loved the world that Jesus gave his life for the world. And yet, 1 John 5 says we're overcome the world. So, what is this? What, what in the world? What about the world? Are we to overcome after all? Because God so loved the world that Jesus died for the world. And we are witnesses to such a world that is lost in sin. Well, look at verses 4 and 5 again. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And I want to just talk briefly, very briefly, because... Uh, our time is a little short today. We have other things we're going to do today. About three things that we are to overcome. First of all, we're to overcome the evil that is in the world. Jesus has already won the ultimate victory. But there is still a lot of evil in this world. It would just take us a minute online or watching the TV to remember that, to remind ourselves that there's a lot of trouble in this world, a lot of darkness in this world. And we are to strive daily to overcome that darkness. This world is a very dark place where bad news far outweighs the good news. You know, it's really easy to be a newscaster today. Lots of stuff to talk about. Lots of stuff to sell because bad news sells. And in this world, people steal from each other. People hurt one another. They even kill each other. And there are a lot of bad people doing a lot of bad things. But the church of Jesus Christ is out in that world combating the wickedness of this world every day and showing love and showing light from God. Jesus said that we are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. He said that we're to shed God's light in every dark corner, every dark place that we may choose to go. We shed His light by showing His love, by giving them hope 
through Jesus Christ. Daily, we do battle, and we are overcomers, overcoming the evil that is in the world. What else are we to overcome? Well, he says we are to overcome sin in our own lives through the power of Jesus Christ. This is a very personal battle, and Prosper alluded to that in our communion meditation, didn't he? We wage war with evil out in the world, but there is also a war going on in our own hearts, isn't there? There is a struggle to stay true to God and to live for God rather than let the world influence. Who's on the throne of your heart? Well, it's Jesus. But some days I don't listen to him. Some days I would rather do something else. And this battle is a very personal one. Through faith in Jesus, we have already been forgiven of our sins. But there is a very real possibility that any of us could easily slip back into sin if we don't have our guard up, if we're not remembering who Lord and Savior is, Jesus Christ. And daily we must choose to live for Jesus, not for ourselves, not for our own selfish desires. And John says that those who truly know Jesus will not continue to sin. We talked about that. You just won't live in your sin. You may sin on occasion, but you are living for God. And you are living by the power of Jesus Christ. And that is what makes us overcome sin in our own lives through the power of Jesus. Well, what else are we to overcome? We must overcome the priorities and the desires and dreams of this world. And we must refuse to buy into the things that are being promoted and sold to us every day. The values, the standards of this world that would take us away from God are constantly bombarding us, saying, you should do this, you should live this way. And as many preachers have said, we are to be in the world, but not of the world. That is a difficult balancing act sometimes, isn't it? You're to live in that world. You're to be there with those that are still trapped in all the things that God hopes to remove from their lives if they're willing. And you're not to be drawn into that. You've got to be in that world, but you cannot be of that world. You are of a different world. You are citizens of God's kingdom. And we dare not be of this world. We dare not live as the world lives. I want us to really think about this this morning. This is probably what I want to think of the most today. Let's stop and think about the way that we're living our daily lives. How much influence is there from the world into our lives? Critical to our witness, and we're talking about that throughout this series, is the lifestyle that we have. Is our lifestyle any different than the lifestyle of our neighbors, our co-workers, our fellow students, our friends, our family members? Are we distinct can people see the difference that Jesus is making in our hearts and in our lives? Or do we have basically the same attitudes, the same fears, the same desires, the same bad behavior as the people around us? If that is true, then we're in trouble. We want to be a witness for Jesus. Polls and studies have, have constantly shown that in America today there is little or no difference between the believers, the Christians, and the rest of society. There's still the same divorce rate. There's still the same amount of problems with ethics and integrity in the business community. There's still the same problem with cheating or lying or any other things that the rest of the world is still caught up in, even though the people claim to be the people of God. 
And that ought not to be. Perhaps you remember what John said back in chapter 4, verse 4, First John. He says, the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. And that is what helps us to overcome. It's not about us. It's not about my power, my intelligence, my strength, my charisma. It's not about me at all. It's about Christ living in me. We cannot overcome this world on our own. We can over only, only overcome when Jesus Christ lives in us. When I got thinking about being in the world but not of the world, I remembered Peter's warning in another passage, 1 Peter 4, 3. Did Peter say something here that you and I need to listen to today? He says this, You have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do. And then he gives a list. Living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. Quite a list. They think it's strange that you do not plunge with them into the same flood of dissipation and they heap abuse on you. But they will have to give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. What Peter's saying here is that too often God's people have come to Christ but still live in the same way they used to live. You've got enough time doing that, Peter says. It's time to stop that. It's time to leave that. It's time to grow beyond. It's time to overcome those things. What caught me about this list that he gave here of debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, detestable idolatry, these were not some of the things that, that we would classify as the worst sins out there. Murder's not in there. Some of the other things you might put on your list at the top are not in there. In fact, the list he gives us is simply pagan behavior. This is the way people without Christ live. This is normal for them. And the world counts this as normal. The world does not consider this immoral or unusual. And it didn't consider it in, in Peter's day either. Modern society also has a lot of idols. And they are not of the type that are made of wood or metal or stone. They're idols of things like materialism or, or hedonism, seeking pleasure in your life. And Americans bow down often to these idols. They're not only not shunned, they're encouraged. And said, this is the way you should live. You should enjoy this. You should have this. And when we Christians choose not to participate, we are labeled often as antisocial fuddy-duddies or freaks. But we are to strenuously avoid and overcome these sins, no matter how accepted they are by the people around us. We must overcome the priorities and dreams of this world. We must live as those who are set apart to live for Jesus Christ. Life, eternal life, is found in Jesus Christ alone. First Peter, John, or 1 John 5, verses 11 through 13, it says this. This is the testimony God has given us, eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. The darkness of this world can only become overcome by Jesus. The power of sin and death and hell can only be overcome by Jesus Christ. And God has given us 
eternal life freely in His Son Jesus. We didn't deserve that. We didn't earn that. We didn't pay for that. We couldn't. And every person on planet earth is offered the same gift. And that is why we are now witnesses, so that others can know the victory that we have in Christ. So that others can overcome the sin of their lives by the power of Jesus Christ. And so that others are no longer deluded by a world that does not know God. This morning I've been talking about overcoming. And I've been talking about the victory we have in Christ. Do you have eternal life? Do you have the victory? Are you overcoming the world? If not, today's the day you could do that. By putting your faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Abraham Lincoln wrote in his diary during one of the longest, darkest hours of the Civil War. He says, without Christ, I cannot succeed. But with Christ, I cannot fail. And that's where we live. That's where we must live. Without him, we will never succeed. But with him, we cannot fail. I want to take one minute to look at one story. It's in Matthew 14. You might want to turn to that. Matthew 14, 25. A very familiar story. Something we need to know. Something we need to remember. Jesus has sent his disciples across the Sea of Galilee while he went up into the mount to pray. And they were trying to get to the other side, but the winds and the waves and the storm were keeping them from getting there. And then it says in Matthew 14, 25, During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. <laughs> what a scene. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. And he recognizes Jesus. They just saw some figure coming across the water to them. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, Tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. And Peter got down out of the boat. He walked on the water and he came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when he climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. I want to encourage you this morning, as we conclude our sermon time, our lesson time today, to remember where your eyes need to be. To remember who you're to be looking at. Because when Peter got out, he had total faith that he could walk to Jesus. He could get on the water just as Jesus did. But as soon as he started doing so, he looked around him at his circumstances. He looked around at his physical world. About the, the, the storm and the waves and the wind. And when he looked at that, he lost his faith. He could no longer walk on the water. But when he lifted his eyes to Jesus and cried out, God to help him. And Jesus lifted him back to his feet. If we're going to overcome the world, if we're to be victors in this world, it's not going to be through our own strength, through our own power, through our own intelligence, through our own ideas, through our own experiences, through even our collective wisdom. It's only going to be because we kept our eyes on Jesus. And we put our faith and our hope in him. So I encourage you today to hold on to Jesus. 
to draw close to Jesus because our very life is in Jesus. Through Jesus, we can avoid sin and live in obedience. Through Jesus, we can love God and we can love other people the way God loves us. And through Jesus, we can bear much fruit in our witness for Christ as we share His love and grace with the people around us who are still living that pagan lifestyle because they don't know any better. But by God's grace, we can all be saved. And everyone in the world must come to know that Jesus is the victor. He is our only hope. We must understand who Jesus is and we must believe that he is the Son of God and put our faith in him. Do we care that people in the world are dying? Will we share Jesus with them before it's too late? Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you that your word is so direct, so clear at times just to reach right into our hearts and show us where we've been making some mistakes and to realize that you have the answer. We thank you for the victory that we have in Jesus Christ. And that that same power that he demonstrated in his resurrection is available to us as his power is given to us. That we might overcome sin in our lives. That we might overcome much of the wickedness in this world by shedding your light and giving your love. And that we can know how to live day by day as we keep our eyes on you. And as your power lives in us, may Jesus live his life in each of us. And may we bear witness to that life so that others can be drawn to him and they can find life in him as well. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.